Electronic Specifier Insights podcast is dedicated to asking the big questions of the electronic industry's biggest players. Electronics and technology are becoming increasingly integral across all aspects of daily life and within society as a whole. Check out the Electronic Specifier Insights podcast at www.electronicspecifier.com. Welcome to the Open and Resilient Podcast, where we empower business leaders to focus on what actually matters, rather than the pain of IT. I'm your host, Greg Mater. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Open Source Integrators. Today I'm speaking with Shane Peabody, Director of IT at the Fulton Companies. The Fulton Companies are global manufacturers of steam and hot water boilers and thermal transfer systems. They're based out of beautiful and snow-covered Pulaski, New York. If you have ever enjoyed a craft beer, it may have been made with a Fulton boiler. So is that a good introduction, Shane? Yeah, I like that. Shane, I always start out with the same question for everybody as a way to warm things up. What's your favorite snack food? I don't know. I'm not much of a snacker, or at least I wasn't before you know COVID hit. So I, I find myself going upstairs and grabbing a, a pickle out of the refrigerator probably more often than my sodium levels should allow. You are the first person to mention anything that's remotely a vegetable. So <laughs> you already win the healthy award here. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about how you got to this place in your career, Shane. Right out of college, I started at Fulton. Halfway through my senior year, I started interning and I went to school for, you know, computer science. That's what it was called when I graduated and started basically just as a help desk, desktop support. My company has really embraced me and, and allowed me to grow in my position as my interests grew. I, I went back to school for programming, picked up network engineering, became a rounded computer guy, and then just stayed on long enough that before, you know, I even realized that the, the department was mine. Tell me a little bit about the Fulton companies and your products. It's a family owned company. It's 70 years old. We make large industrial heating equipment for the pharmaceutical industry, for heating water, for schools, for chemical processing. If there's an industrial heating application, there's a good chance that uh, we're involved in it someplace. Like you said, distilling has been a, a big one in the recent years. The family's been very involved um, you know, since the, the day I got here. If I saw something I thought I could help, I've been encouraged to do that, even if it isn't directly related to the information sector. When I started, we were just all in one building, little Pulaski, New York. It was the early days of the internet. So I got to be here and you know, help design the first website that Fulton ever had. And then the first ERP implementation. And then as we built new buildings and expanded throughout New York and then internationally, I, I've been able to, to see a little bit of everything of a growing business. It's really what's kept me in this place for so long. It's just the new opportunities that come up. Fulton was very resilient throughout the last year. Were there certain innovations or changes that you had to do in order to help foster that innovation or that resilience? We've always been a very innovative company. A couple of years ago, we made a deliberate 
effort to go more cloud-based, whether it's through our ERP system, Odoo, or Office 365, when we were forced to decentralize, at least we had that as a backbone for technology. We had teams before anyone even booted it up. We were fortunate in, in that regard that we were in a position that we could nimbly go from fully on-site to fully remote. Of course, there's other challenges, people being the biggest one of them, just a new way to work and a new way that you have to communicate. I think it's the part of that family company that everyone just came together and, and, and helped me help them so they could get working. Okay. That's great. So given that it's a family owned business, I, I know a little bit about you. You do have a professional management team. The family's involved, but you hire the best people from wherever they are in order to build that great management team. How does management realize you need to charter a business change project? Fulton is a very innovative company. The processes that have worked for us for a decade based on new opportunities or new challenges may need to, to be adjusted. It comes at me personally from all fronts. The leadership team will approach me with a challenge or a direction, but I might also get it from the users. The end user may have a challenge that we haven't seen. So a lot of times it's taking that problem and framing it into what the larger processes look like. So part of it is just resolving it against the overall strategy of that particular department. So I've got a couple of things I've noticed about you, Shane, that I think are part of this. I've known you for a few years now. You come across as very honest and straightforward and really looking out for the interests of everybody. How important is trust in IT leadership? especially in a company like Fulton? Trust is my currency. I've been here a long time. I've built up a lot of experience with the people and a lot of success. And that's given me a lot of latitude, a lot of trust, as you say. How do you feel about shadow IT, guerrilla IT, or grassroots? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's gotten me where I am, really. As I said earlier, the company is supported my growth, but really what happens is I'll find something and I will tackle it just on my own time or the downtime and then present it. This is a new system that just becomes adopted just because I saw something that wasn't there. I provided them that thing that they never knew, they never would have asked for. And then it becomes an integral part of the system that I, I'd like being able to find new things that we haven't, questions we haven't asked yet and try to come up with an answer before it's asked. So I love it. On the downside, you end up owning these things forever. You know, those fun little projects I did 15 years ago that come back to bite me every now and again. This is maybe the healthiest response I've heard yet. What advice would you give to other people with the same job title, their executives in IT management, yeah. who maybe aren't comfortable with guerrilla IT or that shadow IT? I totally understand a director or manager level position. You want to have control over everything. You want to have that scope and that plan so everything fits into a piece. But really, it goes back to that innovation. Are you really innovating if you have all of your answers already? I think you have to embrace some of that chaos. Of course, everything needs to be framed into make sure everything fits into the larger strategy and in the plan in the same direction that your company's going. But 
I think that you need those guys that can go off and come up with these innovative solutions that you can't necessarily just Google for. Some of it's IT, some of it's process. That is really interesting. We're in that marketplace of ideas. And as we're learning more, new options may present themselves. What tools do you measure the progress of a project, Shane? You're managing so many projects in your organization. So how are you keeping track of them? So this is new for me, taking more of that project management role on. It's been a struggle, but as I get more mature in it, I find a true project management plan is what I use. You need to know what's coming up next, what depends on what tools, Microsoft projects, but just having a, a whiteboard with post-it notes would be sufficient. As long as you have that project plan, I'm fortunate that I'm have great teams around me for my, my different projects. I hold them accountable and they hold me accountable. I have a motto for this podcast, Shane. Let me read it to you quickly, because I think this is partly where I think you've done really well. The mission is that we're here to empower business leaders to focus on what actually matters rather than focus on the pain of technology. Are there tools that you use to keep buy-in among the stakeholders? What tools do you have to keep the leadership and management on, on the bus here as you're going through a project? The foundation of a company are its people. So in order to get the, the, the most buy-in for these things, you have to bring those people in as part of the project. That's why I mentioned earlier about my team. I make sure that my team is diverse and they're as close to the actual work being done as we can possibly get. It's easy to make decisions at a leadership level, but a lot of times you lose the force for the trees. It's bringing in those people that are going to have to do these transactions, you know, to get, get them involved early and they'll help you carry it across the finish line. Your company is in the thermal transfer business. You're in the boiler business. You're not in the IT business. You know, it's a good day when you, no one calls you, right? You know that you're in the background and you're facilitating, make sure everything is getting done and you're as transparent as possible, that the technology side becomes... You never want to be an impediment just because something seems a little fancier. You need to service the, the, the guys out on the shop floor. How much does open source solutions play in your software decisions? Oh, I'm an open source advocate. I mentioned the website way back. We use Apache, MySQL, PHP. That really set my direction for the rest of my professional life. The ability to go in there and create my own stuff extend what was already out there. There's never a perfect tool for the job. So open source has always been something that you could lean into and help. You could form it to what your business needs were. I could never go back to that closed ERP world after experiencing the open source movement. People who listen to this podcast are at all different stages in their career. And with that, I have a question that I think is actually really important. You must have a good story or two from the school of hard knocks. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few. I've done everything here at this company. Like I said, I started fixing computers and fixing printers and to the network and the website. Built the first web server we had here and knock on wood. I've never had that kind of, I'm jinxing myself bad. I've never had a catastrophic failure. I can tell you something. 
I mentioned how we did a lot of development alongside of the website. We built an intranet site. So what I did starting out is if someone had a request, I would do it. I, I didn't look at the larger strategy. I would just say, this person has a request. I can make it happen. I would do it. And I did that time and time and time again. And what I really ended up doing was building a monstrosity that was unmaintainable. And a lot of times what I did was contrary to what I know now is good process. So I built this Frankenstein system that now 20 years later, I'm still trying to send to the great beyond. I just can't do it. So this thing is haunting me to this day. That's another thing with Odoo. This is my key out of this internet zombie. This can be the tool that I can use to finally put it in the ground. So you're not planning on retiring soon, but this is your retirement plan. You have to build the replacement to your first system. <laughs> yes, for sure. They joke around here that they're not going to let me leave the office or a bustle hit me because I'm the last one that knows how this thing was put together. They won't let me leave until I can <laughs> get rid of this thing. What's been the project you're most proud of there? I, I think it's just a sum of all of it. I, I got to where I was because of all the pieces that I have done fit together. I can walk from one end of the building to the other and see. I ran that Cat5 up in the roof. I installed that printer 10 years ago. The monitors on the walls, the computer system that everyone's you know working on all day. I just take a lot of pride and ownership on what I've done. And when I say me, I don't mean exclusively me. I have a great team I work with and I want to be here without them. It's just the entirety of these things. Some of the, the things I'm most proud of is being able to let go of something, give the network over to my network admin. Any closing thoughts, ponderings, musings that you want to share? No, other than that team aspects, we have a team internally that I lean on extensively. Also OSI, they've been a great partner to me. They've made me look good. Let's try one other thing here too, Shane. I'll see how it works in editing. Sure. But Give a pitch for Fulton Boilers. Tell the world why your products are the best. Don't do that to me. I've worked here 20 years, 25 almost, and there's a lot of innovation going out up there on the product lines. Like I said, the company's been around for 70 years. There's products that have lasted almost that long, honestly. There's boilers out there that are older than we are, Greg. They're still running. Shane, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. This podcast is sponsored by Open Source Integrators, open source done right the first time. For information about enterprise grade implementations of Odoo, Pyara, OpenShift, Keycloak, or other technologies, you can find us at www.opensourceintegrators.com.